Are you also tired of one-size-fits-all weight loss plans? Meet Noom, the personalized solution that meets you where you are. Noom is able to understand your unique needs, from dietary restrictions to medical concerns. Unlike restrictive programs, Noom embraces your lifestyle and choices. Discover a sustainable approach to weight loss, tailored just for you. Honestly, Noom felt like it was made for me. It's not just about what I eat. It's about understanding why. With Noom, I've learned so much about myself and built healthier habits that stick. It's all about progress, not perfection. Say goodbye to restrictive diets and experience the Noom app for yourself with personalized lessons and expert coaching. Noom's psychology and biology-based approach has helped over 5.2 million people achieve their goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we start a new series where we take a look at how attractions have been affected by social distancing so that you can better know what to expect when you return to the Disney parks. Final episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast and receive bonus content, you can check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Or if you're looking to plan a vacation, you can let me be your travel agent and do all the hard work for you get started by emailing me joseph chung at travelmation.net connect with us online anytime disney deciphered at gmail.com at ww deciphered on twitter or on our facebook page disney deciphered thanks and enjoy the show hi i'm joe from as the joe flies and i'm leslie from trips with tykes and welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So what uh, we decided to start doing is you know, the parks have been open for a while, which means that the social distancing and the adaptations to rides, you know, they've kind of mostly worked themselves out in the park. So we're going to start going park by park and take a look at, you know, what is going on in the parks at the attractions. What does social distancing look like in the queues? What uh, COVID-19 precautions have been put in place? And most importantly, how does it affect the ride times? So we're going to start with Hollywood Studios today. Now, a couple of caveats for each attraction. We're going to talk about what has changed uh, in the queue or in the attraction itself because of COVID-19. And then we're going to talk about how do we think these accommodations are going to affect wait times. Uh, and so we're going to break it down to whether you know it'll affect wait times little to none or small, medium, or a lot. Now, we should point out there is no FastPass Plus right now. So wait times are legitimate wait times. It's just, you know, you get in line and it takes you as long as it takes to get to the end of the line to get onto the ride. So normally wait times are a confusing thing because of FastPass Plus, you know, like they let all these people on from the FastPass Plus line and then they let you on from the standby queue line. Well, there's none of that right now. So we're not going to worry about that right now. Obviously, things are going to be changing. Uh, We are recording this in October of 2020. Things might be different at some of these attractions, but we'll try to uh, keep you updated as much as we can. All right. Ready to tackle Hollywood Studios, Leslie? Yes, let's dive in. It's really crazy to see how many changes have happened. Yeah, when we're starting with Hollywood Studios because one, everyone's interested in Rise of the Resistance, and also two, it has a low number of attractions, so it's uh, easier for us to get started. And also, it has a low 
in my mind, the lowest effect on how these attraction wait times will change uh, because of the COVID-19 precautions. So Leslie, why don't you start by telling us, you know, what is closed at Hollywood Studios right now? You know, what kind of attractions are not available? Sure. So of course, things like character meet and greets are not happening at Hollywood Studios or anywhere at Disney World. Single rider lines, of course, are closed. I don't know how long it's going to be for those to return in the world of theme parks. And basically, all shows where there are actors are closed. So that means Beauty and the Beast, the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular, Jedi Training, um, you know, Launch Bay is closed, Voyage of the Little Mermaid's closed. So lots of things closed that are kind of traditionally people eaters at Hollywood Studios, which is, of course, why Hollywood Studios is feeling like the most crowded park and, you know, the park that is hardest to get that reservation for right now. Yeah, Actors Union did come to terms with Disney. And so, you know, we'll get into it. But for example, the Frozen sing-along is back. But I think the shows are the kind of attractions that are going to give Disney the least bang for their buck overall. So I wouldn't be surprised if it takes a while for these shows to come back. All right. So we are going to uh, take a look at these attractions uh, one by one at Hollywood Studios. We are going to save Rise of the Resistance and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway for last, just in case, uh, you know, we're not going to talk about overt spoilers, but, you know, I know some people like myself don't like to know very much about the ride before then. So we'll save those two for last so that, you know, you can skip the end uh, if you're if you don't want to know anything about those rides if you haven't gotten the chance to experience them yet. Uh, like I said, we'll talk about how the social distancing changes are going to affect the wait times. Now, there are a couple of givens that pretty much every single attraction has. Uh, so we're not going to talk about that for every single re- attraction. So Leslie, you know, what are the things we'll see in the queues of every attraction? Sure. So you can always expect to see social distancing either with the stickers or with some sort of a plexiglass to divide people. And you'll also see hand and sanitizer just sort of everywhere in the park. So that is ubiquitous, although I'm sure all of us would be packing it ourselves <laughs> as well. So let's dive in first to the shows, Joe. All right. So there's a Disney Junior Play and Dance show, which is uh, replacing the other Disney Junior show. It's basically like a socially distanced dance party. Uh, no huge changes here. Of course, they're not letting you know the full number of people into the auditorium for the dance show. Um, but the big thing is, in the old one, everyone would be like sitting down on the floor. But now it seems like everyone's asked to stand. Uh, There are stickers under the ground for where your party should stand. And they're pretty well spread out. And, you know, it's a it's a dance party just like it was. Now, I have read that in this dance party, all the characters still come out. The Disney Junior characters still all come out like they did in the old show. But it's a little bit shorter now. And the Disney Junior characters aren't out there as much. So, yeah, that's uh, what's going on there. Now, I do not think that these changes are significantly going to affect your wait times for the show because they're still going to be letting people in uh you know the show times have not changed there's a little bit of extra time because of cleaning but you know you're still letting people in and these shows are like the disney junior shows are not popular enough to get super crowded anyway so i think uh there's not gonna be a main change in the line there what about the frozen sing-along leslie So Frozen Singlong is operating, and it's operating at about 35% capacity, and they're doing that by blocking off various rows and various seats to kind of space people out, much like, you know, movie theaters that are open are doing. So this is one of the few 
live actor experiences that you can have at Disney World right now. So I guess good that they got one one theater online. And of course, it's a pretty big theater as far as uh, Disney theaters go. So so room to space out. In terms of, you know, how it affects wait times, I can't imagine that this is significant either because, you know, again, the capacity of the park is reduced. So the demand for this attraction is is reduced according to the number of people in there. So what do you think, Joe? Yeah, I also think it's one of those things where if the line looks too long, you know, they're running every hour, you can come back in an hour later anyway. I also think because it's a sing-along, even though everyone has to wear masks, I just think there there are people, aka me, who is going to skip this for now. So, you know, I don't think the demand is there as much. And also, just by nature of a show, you can move a lot of people in, even if it's still 35%. I will say that when I did go to the Frozen sing-along... It, it was a packed house, but I do think that the lines will adjust accordingly. Um, and so, you know, it's not going to have an appreciable effect on your wait time. Similarly, at the Muppet Vision 3D show, the same thing basically at all these shows. You know, you have rows closed. Um, there's generally like a few seats between groups of four seats that are open. They're not physically blocked off, but they put stickers on them saying that uh, you shouldn't sit there. And, you know, Muppet Vision 3D does have that pre-show or like that kind of waiting room where they have that stuff going on on the TV. There are social distancing markers on the ground there uh, telling you where to stand. But again, I don't think this is going to have a huge effect on the wait times. I mean, there was... You know, Muppet Vision 3D did not have super long wait times before. And there, you know, your wait time always was for Muppet Vision 3D waiting for the next show. And except for on the busiest days, I think it's going to be the same thing. You know, you're just waiting for the next show. And, you know, these shows, I think their capacity kinds of works, works themselves out. Cause like if you see a line spilling out of Muppet Vision 3D, you're probably not going to get into that line. Totally agree. All right, well, moving on to Lightning McQueen Racing Academy. This is something that I haven't done. It's fairly new. Yeah, neither of us have done it, yeah. Yeah, so they've got benches there, and how they're achieving social distancing is by closing some of the benches. They've blocked off basically every other. So, again, this is something that wasn't, like, super, super in high demand, like all of the other shows at Hollywood Studios. I do think demand will work itself out organically in terms of the weights. What do you think? Yeah, it looks actually pretty cool. I was looking at it online and I was like, oh, I should have taken my son there. They, this is like squirreled away in the edge of the park and was kind of put in there for Galaxy's Edge overflow. And that's exactly what it is. It's just kind of like an overflow attraction. So I don't think it's going to be that crowded, but I do think my son would really like it. There's a animatronic Lightning McQueen and, you know, there's like kind of backgrounds. And so it looks like he's racing and stuff. So it looks like it's pretty cool. So I'll take him there next time we go. There's a couple of other like theaters that are open. There's the Mickey Shorts Theater. There's a Walt Disney Theater Presents, you know, where we always say to go to escape the heat. Same deal with all those shows. Uh, you know, the shorts and also what's in the theater that rotates. So there's no point in saying what is showing there right now. Although I guess Disney may not be releasing that many films. So maybe they won't change what's in Walt Disney Theater Presents. But that's for a movie podcast, not for this podcast. But yeah, same deal. Uh, rows blocked off. Even the rows that are open have seats blocked off. And so same situation. You know, all the shows kind of are dealing with stuff all the same way. So let's get to attractions. Let's start with Toy Story Land and the headliner, Slinky Dog Dash. What's going on there, Leslie? All right. So the queue is like you would imagine. There's lots of plexiglass in place. I mean, that queue is all outdoors, but some of it's under, or most of it now is under overhangs. So they've got plexiglass where it 
you know, doubles back or curves around. There's plexiglass in the loading area because, of course, as you load the coaster, you're kind of uh, shoulder to shoulder with somebody in these these next rows over and they are separating parties on the coaster itself in the ride vehicles they're leaving one row empty so there definitely is space and i actually have some friends who are there right now and i was like watching the the ride video that he posted on facebook just this morning so looks good So I wasn't sure whether it was like every other row or whether it's a row between parties, but it is a row between parties. And uh, listener Sam C confirmed that for me this morning. So what that means is if you're a party of four, you might take up one car, but then the row behind you uh, is not filled. And then that does mean that like the ride is operating at like 50 to 60 percent capacity at a time because they're not filling up the entire car. And so that is going to make things slower. So I do think that this has a medium effect on wait times. Now, the wait times at Slinky Dog Dash are going to be long no matter what. But the fact that they're only running kind of half the car at a time, maybe 60 to 7% of the car if they have some big parties, uh, that's really going to slow things down because you have to like, you know, the amount of time for people to load and unload a roller coaster, that doesn't really change since, you know, people are getting into the seats and getting out of the seats. But if you're loading less people, then the load time isn't changing, but the number of people you're running through at any given ride through is a lot lower. And so I do think it has, it's having a decent effect on these wait times at Slinky Dog Dash, which of course we're always nuts no matter what. Yeah, totally agree. So let's move on to the ride that you have been on most of any ride in Hollywood Studios, right, Joe? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's technically true, yes, but coerced, okay, not by choice. All right, so alien swirling saucers, what's happening over there? Honestly, it's like pretty much all systems go there. You know, there's social distancing in the queue and there used to be like a wait area, little cattle area where you would all group in before you got onto the cars. Now that is socially distanced. Like they have stickers on like four corners for where to stand. But because every party gets their own car, they're loading the ride at full capacity. So aside from the fact that you're more spaced out and also you're not allowed to play with the interactive elements. You know, there are like stuff for kids to touch and push while you're in the queue. Although you're not supposed to touch those anymore. Although I've seen pictures of kids touching them. Those are the main changes. Like other than that, the ride is pretty much the same. It's outside. I mean, it's covered, but it's outside. So they're loading it to full capacity. Really the wait time effect is little to none. So that's why later in the day, you know, it's really easy to get on this ride because it's, you know, pretty much running as normal. Same with Toy Story Mania, honestly. There's a lot of plexiglass and social distancing markers in the queue because that queue is pretty tight with the switchbacks and stuff like that. But then once you get on the ride, since you are just sitting with your party and you're back to back, you know, with other parties, they're pretty much loading everyone on as normal. So, you know, there's a longer wait at Toy Story Mania because it's more popular, but I don't think uh, that, you know, it's having a appreciable effect on the queue because they're riding on the ride at full capacity. That's right. And we should point out that a lot of that queue for Toy Story Mania is indoors. I know people are making decisions about how much time they want to spend indoors, even with social distancing in the queue. So that's worth pointing out. That's the only one with an indoor queue in Toy Story Land. We forgot to mention in terms of like the stuff that all the rides are doing. But there are these cleaning cycles that happen once every couple hours, and those cleaning cycles take 15 to 20 minutes. That's happening at all these rides. So, you know, sometimes your wait time is going to get bumped up by 15, 20 minutes all of a sudden artificially because they stop loading the ride to clean, you know, the ride vehicles. Um, And so then after that cleaning cycle is done, uh, they'll restart the queue. 
All right, let's move on to some of the more thrilling attractions. So Rock and Roller Coaster, which you and I rode almost exactly a year ago to the day. Uh, what's going on with Rock and Roller Coaster? How are they, you know, besides getting rid of the single rider line, how are they taking COVID-19 precautions there? So, of course, usually that ride has a pre-show where you see Aerosmith on the screen and you're kind of crammed in shoulder to shoulder with a lot of guests as you sort of wait to enter the final part of the queue. So that pre-show has been canceled. So that part of the ride just can't be made socially distanced. So you're skipping that. So I guess you get miss a little bit of the backstory, but the backstory has been told for a couple of decades now. So most of us know it. In terms of on the coaster itself, similar to Slinky Dog, you know, they're skipping rows between parties. So, you know, that does mean that the capacity of the coaster is reduced accordingly. So, you know, similar effect on lines, right, Joe? Yeah, it's definitely, you know, I think all these coasters, it's really having, you know, a decent effect, like a medium effect on the lines. It's not when we get to the other parks, we'll talk about some of the attractions where the COVID-19 precautions are really bumping up wait times. But I think for roller coasters, it's always going to have like a medium effect. It's going to be longer than if you just had a normal standby line, no fast pass, uh, but no COVID-19 precautions, you know, because you're loading the ride at 50, 60%. So it's going to be, you know, that much longer waiting in line. Moving on to Tower of Terror. Now, this ride does a little better because they have multiple elevators um, and so multiple ride vehicles. But same thing, you're going to have a medium effect on the lines because on the ride itself, every other row is closed. So there are three full rows in the elevator car and the one in the middle is closed. And so you can only load four parties at a time. Now those four parties have plexiglass in between them. So, you know, they're kind of on the four corners of the elevator car, you know, for safety, but you know, you're only loading the attraction at about 66% um, because, you know, four out of the six parties that you would normally have are being able to ride. So, you know, that's going to have an effect on your wait times. Balancing that out a little bit is you don't, sit through the Twilight Zone pre-show in that room anymore. You just kind of walk through, which is kind of sad from a story perspective, but it does. Well, actually, I don't know. I don't think it actually cuts down your wait time. It just makes it feel like you're walking through faster. I actually like those pre-shows because it gives you something to do while you're in line. So uh, that's actually kind of a shame. Yeah, agree. It does feel like it breaks up that wait if you're waiting, you know, 15 minutes before and then you have your pre-show and then you have another 15 minute wait. It doesn't feel as bad as a 30 minute wait, but uh, such is the theme park world that we're living in now. So yeah, definitely just the effect on the the lines is moderately significant. So keep that in mind if you're going to ride Tower of Terror. And of course, plenty of that queue is indoors as well for those who are keeping track of that. All right, so Star Tours has the usual social distancing in the queue. And in terms of in the ride vehicles themselves, they've got plexiglass to separate parties and every other row closed. So so kind of similar to Tower of Terror, but of course the ride vehicles are a little bit bigger than Tower of Terror in terms of their, their overall capacity. Yeah, they normally seat like 40 people. So, you know, they're still running quite a few people on there. So what do you think about the effect on the, you know, wait times there? So uh, I would say... Similar to Tower of Terror, maybe a little bit less because there are plenty of vehicles to load and you're sort of able to get, you know, a little more space between the parties in there to get bigger parties in there. So significant, but not massively significant. Yeah, I also think Star Tours is just way more efficient just because you have like so many people in a ride vehicle, whereas like Tower of Terror, it's just like they have to, I guess, I guess both rides have to do the seatbelt thing. But, you know, Star Tours, you're just getting so many people through uh, at a time. So, you know, I think Star Tours is a generally a decent bet, especially as always, 
um, later in the day when people have left after they didn't get the Rise of the Resistance boarding pass. Moving on to the next Star Wars attraction, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. A lot of changes here. So you still walk through the Hondo Anaka room, but there's no pre-show. I don't like, so they might have him talking, but you don't sit there and have your mission briefing from him like you used to have. And the big changes are like, once you get inside the Millennium Falcon there, you have to stand on a certain spot. So it used to be like when you were in the lounge area of the Millennium Falcon, you could like wander around, you could sit at the chess table. Um, you could go peek around and see what details they put into the room. Well, you can't do that anymore. You have to stand in the same place. They will let you take a quick picture if you want, but those boarding cards that tell you if you're going to be pilot, gunner, or engineer, those are all gone because you're only one party per car. So if you are a party of one, like you can pick whatever role you want to be. So now's the time to go with your family because you can take over the whole car yourself and not uh, ruin everyone's experience with your terrible flying. But because you're only loading one party per car, this is a pretty significant effect on the wait times. Smuggler's Run honestly was very efficient in terms of wait times before COVID-19 because you know, you're loading six people at a time. They had that card system. You were never flying a ship with any empty spaces. So it was like super efficient. But now since you're only doing one party per car, it is has really slowed things down. And you know, that's pretty rough. Yeah, yeah, this attraction was definitely not built for social distancing and efficiency with, you know, all the touch points in the, you know, the waiting areas and the cards and all of this. I mean, of course, once you get on it, the social distancing is perfect. But this is this is one to pay attention to in these times. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even think about that. Maybe I don't even want to fly the thing because they don't clean the car after between every single one. BYO Clorox wipes, everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you might need to wipe down the entire cockpit uh, before you uh, take that flight. All right, so moving to the attraction that neither of us have been on, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. So what's going on here is there was a pre-show that I heard is actually pretty cool. And unfortunately, now I'm spoiled on it because I had to do research for this episode. So you're welcome, Leslie, for taking that hit. But uh <laughs> So there is no pre-show. Uh, you walk right through and then they just installed plexiglass. So they are loading two parties per car separated by the plexiglass, which means they're operating close to full capacity. But of course, not every party is, you know, like a party of four. So they're not filling the cars completely, but it's definitely a lot better than it was before the plexiglass. The effect on the line is pretty small. It doesn't matter right now because the lines are crazy because that ride was only open for two weeks before Disney World shut down. So everyone's trying to ride that attraction. But overall, as far as like COVID-19 versus non-COVID-19 times, the ride is running pretty efficiently. So it's not slowing things down too, too much. Yeah. Thank you for taking the hit, though. I still haven't uh, seen the pre-show. So not spoiled for me yet. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it, but I know (laughs) I know what happens. I know what happens and it matters. All right. Speaking of stuff to spoil, uh, again, we're not going to spoil that attraction, but we're going to talk a little bit about the different parts of it. So if you want to tune out, it is Rise of the Resistance time, which I really do think is the most, I mean, it was already not running efficiently before the pandemic, but uh, this is the most affected ride by COVID-19 precautions at Hollywood Studios, for my money at least. So there's been a change in how they handle boarding groups. Just this week, they announced that if you have a park pass reservation for Hollywood Studios, you can get a boarding group at 7 a.m. So they've replaced that first 10 a.m. drop with a 7 a.m. drop that you can do from your hotel room as long as you have a park pass reservation. And then there's also a second boarding group drop at 2 p.m. 
Now, this news kind of just broke as we were recording this episode, so we don't know how that affects getting a boarding group yet. So we'll cover that later. And honestly, this is about the COVID-19 precautions and the boarding group thing. Well, I guess the 7 a.m. thing is to prevent overcrowding, but really the boarding groups don't have too much to do with the COVID-19 precautions, except for the fact that they're running less people through. So it's a new system. It'll probably be hard to get a boarding group because, you know, in the old system, it was really hard to get one, right? I know many, many people who have gone and not been able to get a boarding group. So be prepared. This is just no guarantee, even with reduced capacity and and all that stuff. So it's a little bit of a lottery. Yeah, in terms of the ride itself, I think we can say this without spoiling too much. There are a lot of different phases of the ride, you know, and a lot of different things that I guess would qualify as pre-shows and other attractions, but they're they're part of the attraction itself. And those are still operating, but they're operating at much reduced capacity to keep people socially distanced. So anything specific you want to add there, Joe? I think that you get a number very early on. And again, without spoiling things, you just kind of stick with that number uh, throughout the various uh, twists and turns you take on the attraction. Now, the big issue right now is that the actual ride portion of rise of the resistance is a vehicle that normally seats eight people so they've recently also installed plexiglass on the ride vehicle on this attraction so now they're loading two groups per ride vehicle before they were only loading one so that has made things a lot more efficient and you know they've been able to get through more boarding groups give people more boarding groups since they've made that change Um, and so you know it was really in an effort to get more people through the ride and it has been successful (laughs) that won't necessarily help disney with their operational issues but when the ride is operating uh you know twice as many people are going to be able to go on it great change i imagine putting plexiglass on a moving ride vehicle is much more of a difficult engineering and and safety feet than just like installing it on a stationary like queue. So I'm sure that's why this has taken longer to come to fruition. But you know, I just the bigger question for me is, is is this going to affect how Disney designs its rides in the future? Because I mean, this is this eight person ride vehicle is is definitely not great when you have infectious diseases out there. So I wonder if Disney will keep this in mind for future attractions in in years to come for, you know, operating. I mean, it's something to think about. I mean, historically, they have like another hundred years to go, right? Before the next one. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, You know, that actually, I have like other random thoughts about these plexiglass dividers in Rise of the Resistance. And that is like, you could possibly make them opaque and themed, like not have just straight up plexiglass. Like you could like make it look like, I don't know, some sort of electronical pan- electronic panel or something like that. I wonder if that cuts down the viewing angles. Like if you're in the back row, it might not work, but like there are things like that they could do. You know, like we said about Toy Story Mania, like that back-to-back thing, like if you can think of ways to do ride vehicles like that, you know, you kind of have protected yourself for any uh, future pandemics. So, you know, yeah. it'll be interesting to see. So those are our impressions about what's going on in Hollywood Studios right now in terms of COVID-19 precautions in the attractions. Obviously, gigantic caveat, which I meant to say at the beginning, but totally forgot, is that Leslie and I have not been yet. So this is a lot of research that we have done online and also, you know, talking to people who have visited the parks. If you visit the parks, you know, and we got something wrong or something has changed, you know, please let us know. Disney at gmail.com. 
let's uh, end with a quick Disney do or don't. So what do you have for us, Leslie? All right, Joe, I alluded to this earlier, but I think when it comes to Hollywood studios, you need to BYO hand sanitizer and wipes because there are still touch points within this park, uh, especially on a lot of these attractions. And if you're paranoid about that or, or just fastidious about that, like like I am, then you might want to have those on hand. Man, the Millennium Falcon actually had has had me a little stressed out when I realized it as we were recording. Uh, just what's going on in that cockpit? Bonus Disney, don't don't touch your face. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, we really appreciate it. And like we said, let us know if you have any other information you think we should know. Thank you so much, Leslie, for taking the time to talk to me. And I will see you furiously bleaching the Millennium Falcon's cockpit. Thanks, Joe. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.